Hello and welcome to another edition of Open All Eyes, the QPR podcast, which went to Blackburn and came back a lot happier than what we thought. And I'm joined by my chauffeur, Simon Hall. How are you, Simon? Very well, mate. Very well. Um, certainly happier than I have been in previous pods. And yeah, good day out all, all round in Blackburn. And um, George's company and George Cindy's company. And I'm sure we'll talk about it more during the course of this. And I didn't shut up at all, did I? You didn't, and it's what made the journey go as quickly as it did. Yes, probably trying to scream help at some stage. I'm not sure what that was about, but I'm sure it was fine. And it was a lovely journey. And, well, he's back in the pod, but since he's been on the last time, two has become three. Safa Michael, father of the year. Hello. Congratulations. Hello, Paul. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's also funny, this is the first pod I've done off the back of a win as well. So, yeah, good news all round. But you know the weirdest thing, um, dear listeners, we were just talking about, Simon was telling us about taking his child to QPR when he was very young and Safa was just like, it's two weeks, I'll never get to Rangers. And um, off he went. So nothing about the children or bringing up our children, but all talking about the first time he escaped to Rangers. Terrible, isn't it? I think I think we're bad parents. We're bad people. They'll oh. understand. They'll understand when we're older. Uh, I do remember seeing Simon and Ted good round because you used to have earplugs on, or you know, headphones, didn't you? I do remember that. Yeah, and he still does, to be honest. Um, yeah, even now, occasionally, if he he can get quite sensitive to noise, so yeah, he still keeps them on just in case. But he's got yeah, he's got much much better and. I've gone on about it so much. He's become much more engaged for good or bad. And Safa, what have you called the little one, by the way? Sienna, her name is. Uh, so, yeah, Sienna. Uh, <clears throat> and, and she's going to be into the QPR family. 100%. 100%. Oh. Our record with her since birth is pretty good as well. Two wins and a draw. So, yeah, can't complain. Uh, do you know what? I know we, we shouldn't, but and I know we try to get lucky charms. But they don't last very long, do they? It's, like, <laughs> it's a lucky charm. <laughs> been to you know, been to six matches of you know, and it's like the seventh match if it goes wrong. But let's hope it continues. Talking of which, I'm just going to say something about Blackburn Simon, and then I'll go to you and then Safa. But I thought it was interesting Saturday because I was thinking about this today. It's in a way I used to wind people up fine margins, Wilburton's phrases of things that always a fine margin but I'm just wondering if that had they gone in off the back of the Blackburn goalkeeper how different that game could have been it was just for once we had that wee bit of luck Simon didn't we that wee bit of just brilliance that went for us and then the, the whole misdemeanour of the team changed don't you think Simon I think yeah to be honest I think the goal was coming in that second half anyway I True. mean First few minutes, we got away with a couple. There was one from about 10 yards out, which he blazed high and wide. But you think about the start of that second half, Cook had a chance which just went wide. Armstrong, who obviously did really well with the ball to Hodge, but when he completely miscontrolled that ball on a one-on-one, the opportunities opportunities were there. And, yeah, to be fair, I thought it was one of Chair's, Chair's best games for quite a while, to be honest. And he probably deserved 
he deserved the chance to take that chance and be able and be able to score. And again, it's we know this about this side. If if things go well, confidence does flow and and things do go do go according to plan. Um, one thing I did like was the new, well, two of the loan signings, Hodge and Hayden, I thought looked good. And it's the first time in a long time we've had a midfielder who was able to burst past the striker and finish. Yeah. And, that, and that was really impressive by what Hodge did. So there were a lot of, there were a lot of good signs there during the course of that second half. And obviously it's far too early to tell how successful these loan signings are going to be. I mean, Frey, when he came on, I think it's best he was described as rusty. I think he's got a little way to he's got a little way to get to match fitness. And it's going to be interesting with this new Danish lad coming in as well, who apparently can take a good set piece. So for anyone who's been at Blackburnham for the last sort of season and a bit, my God, we need someone who can take a good set piece. But it's really, yeah. It's given us a chance where we've been talking in the pods about we've got little chances staying up. Now, three points off Huddersfield, who've got a good result, but more significantly, around four to five points off about 15th, 16th. And we're beginning to drag other teams who are in less form um, down with us, and that might give us an opportunity. And also, we should give Lee Stan a shout out as well because he came on the pod last week, and you know, people forget how young sometimes these people are. And, you know, he, he called it. He said 2-1, if my memory serves you right. And he also said that Wee Smith was putting in some good crosses. And he was right because on when Smith came on, and oh, he needs to come on earlier, he said, and his crossing. And it was bang on. But then I was thinking about it afterwards. I think the reason why a lot of Smith's crossing didn't look so good was because there was no one in the middle half the time. So he, he, I think he got caught in two minds. Where Saturday, we had runners you know what I mean, like Safa? I'm going to bring you in here because we we seemed the bench was stronger with more runners. Blackburn were hideously bad, but we don't seem to care about that because we've lost to many hideously bad teams. So, um, what do you think, Safa? Yeah, are we too I, busy catching up in your sleep? <laughs> I was too busy watching the uh, events behind us with the Blackburn fan that thought it'd be a good idea to you know start causing a. Uh, fight with the, the QPR fans sat in front of him. Most people probably saw it on Twitter, but wow, it was it was absolutely I, hilarious. I, I, it was brilliant. I didn't, I, I didn't see this. I missed this was, um, What have I missed? It was what, this what is was... honestly true. I promise this is true. So I went up with my dad and um we got into I think we were we were there just after two and um there was a Blackburn fan right above the away end that was kind of like like I'm talking an hour before kickoff, kind of flicking the visa at us, and you know I'm thinking it's pathetic. But yeah, about half hour in, I hear all this che- like half cheering, half laughing, and I'm thinking, what on earth is going on? I couldn't see from where we were what was actually going on behind behind us. And then what it was, there was a uh, this same man had been obviously giving it to a few people that were in front of him, and instead of just kind of giving him a bit back, they literally took his whole view away from him in his in his VIP box. It was honestly amazing. So they would literally every time they were cheering was every time another sticker was going up to block his I view. Seen, no, no, I seen the stickers. That's what it was. Was it was it a Blackburn fan behind us? Yes, he was. Did, oh, he's obviously done the same though. thing to them. But honestly, his view was just completely robbed. It was it was amazing. It was absolutely sadly two. I seen two lads getting pulled out for that, which I thought was ridiculous. Yeah, well, um, I think with that, they they spent a long, long time talking to them, and I presume that they were saying take the stickers down. 
But um, I mean, that was the most ridiculous thing. They threw him out, but left the stickers up for the second half, <laughs> which is absolutely ridiculous. But um, I think particularly because the welcome he gave us when we got into the ground, it was just the funniest thing to, uh, yeah, to see his view completely robbed of him. Amazing. Um, why, would you, no, why would you make yourself a target like that? I know. I'm thinking at nil-nil as well. You know <laughs> why? I could even half get it if they've kind of gone ahead and he wants to, but... It's ridiculous. And anyone that was bad, I did feel the game was only going to go our way. I really did. We were the better team by far, especially in the second half. But um, I yeah. feel bad because I, I, I still this stick. Yeah, I did know the stick. I think but I didn't realize it was a Blackburn fan winding them up. I just thought they were just being no, funny. No, I'm, okay. I'm at, well, he was sat in exactly the same place as where them stickers went up when we went. So I, I didn't presume it was the same man. But, but you know what even, was funny, though? I went to uh, Simon will testify this. So I, I always go up to Stewards and try and find out. Because I, like, I couldn't believe the whole shenanigans about how overreaction that was going on with the Stewards. I was like, seriously, guys, this is like. Consider when we went up 1 0 and their fans were giving it biggins and the, the Stewards weren't doing anything. And anyway, so um, I went over to the Steward at half time. I said, oh, what's all that about? He goes, well, they're putting stickers up and they're being cheeky. <laughs> yeah. I went, what? He goes, they're being cheeky as well. And I was like, all right. So, you know, I, did, be we, I, I did clock a lady that was like obviously looking after that that section. And, and where, what's quite funny about it is it's not just like it had a whole box. It seems like from the view we had, they're, they're almost like seats next to each other. So his seat was like gone. So he either stood behind somebody for the rest of the game or sat there just staring the other side of these stickers. But I did catch a lady just behind the box, just basically shrug her shoulders going, I don't know what you want me to do. So I'm presuming and I want to think to myself that he was absolutely kicking off about it. I hope so. But um, yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Back to the um, game, Safa, which yes, is more important. Um, but well done to the guys with stickers. I hope they didn't get into too much trouble because that would be ridiculous, in my yeah. humble opinion. It was worth it. Whatever happened, it was worth it. Um, but yeah, onto the game. Smith came on and had an impact. Um, Hayden come on and had an impact. Hodge obviously had an impact. I think the nice thing about it is, uh, you know, you go back to the options we had off the bench kind of earlier on in the season mm-hmm. and had legs like that I mean I I'm a big fan of Smith myself he stretches teams very much in the same way Armstrong did and if I'm a if I'm a fullback or if I'm a defender and and you know they were playing quite a high line it amazed me that kind of really played into our hands but if there's somebody I don't want seeing off the bench is Paul Smith because you know he's just going to run at you and run at you and run at you and and he did he stretched them I thought he was excellent Hodge was great um, but yeah, it's lovely to see them options off the bench. And like Simon said, having a midfielder that actually just wants to break in behind them. I've not seen Andre Dezel do that since the moment he walked in through the door and seeing a midfielder no. actually want to get in behind and can finish like that. Um, really, really promising. So yeah, it was a, it was a great day out and I, I thought we fully deserved the win, even if the end was quite um, stressful. Uh, but I, I thought we deserved it. But you say stressful, but a few weeks ago we'd have collapsed. Um, that that's for sure, and I think I know that you know we could we could look at their goal and think, well, again, it's mistakes and everything else, but it's just nice to get a word. It doesn't matter how you get it or whatever. And as Simon says, the good thing is about we're trying. I, I'm liking the fact we're, we're dragging stuck into this. Um, there's there's a mutual friend of actually you know you know um, you know him as well. There's a man who lives in Newcastle, not Stoke, Northern Irish. Ring any bells, Rita? No. No? Okay, Alan. No? I thought you knew him, Safa. Who are we talking about? Stoke. Alan. Well, no, he's a QPR fan, lives in bloody Stoke. No, sorry. Goes to to games with me and Cindy. Northern Irish. 
Words oh, I'm sorry. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry, I'm with you. I thought you were talking about a Stoke fan, Paul. Sorry, I'm, I'm with you. Simon, just stop laughing. I might have left a small minor detail out that he was a QPR fan, but it's yeah, easily done. Just, just that. It's a QPR podcast. What did he expect? Wolverhampton bloody wanderers. Anyway. So yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I forgot what I was talking about. Now he's, he's completely thawed me by not getting my clue. Anyway, he's um he's missing the Stoke game next week, and he lives in Stoke, but he lives in Newcastle. And um, I'm, do you know what? I'm actually embarrassed now. I, I, you've actually embarrassed me, Simon, with your laughter. What was Simon? What did I do wrong there? Tell me. Well, not knowing one of your best friends are. Is, is is probably the one main significant thing. I think um, the other thing uh, as well, to be fair, the fact you said you love that Stoke are being brought into it and then go to proceed to talk about someone. I'm assuming you're talking about a Stoke fan, but I guess I, I guess see. You now. No, I'm right back to the programme. Well, I didn't forget his name. Actually, I think I did a bit. It's weird, isn't it? It's since I've had COVID. I'm, I'm shit with names at the moment. I don't know if you've noticed the podcast the last six months, Simon. I haven't been great with names. Yeah, it's not in your head. That doesn't help. Anyway, yes, Alan works at the uh, college at Stoke, even though he's from Newcastle. And um, he's going to hit me in this podcast. He's going to just bend it and throw it the window. He prefers the other podcast anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Anyway, so he's he, he, he's he's loving it at work. It's what, all I was trying to say was until I forgot his name. Because <laughs> I just know him as a cruise bastard because he supports Crusaders. And anyway, that's another story. Fast forward, listeners, back in the room. Okay, so yes. Back to the Blackburn. Do you know what I like more than anything about Blackburn? The fact that I, I could hear the groans when Armstrong missed. We all felt it because that was as simple as a chance. You, you know, you think, oh, God, he's going to play. And it it seemed to inspire him to play better, though, which I thought, you know, was it was a good thing. And he, he put that lovely ball through. And um, I just hope that helps his confidence. I know he needs goals, but wins do so much better, don't they, Simon? I mean, we can actually... We can actually see what he does now. I mean, if we keep this pace going at games, we can trouble sides even at the other end of the table. Or am I just being way too hopeful? Yeah, let's let's walk before we can walk before we can run. But we've got mm. two good starts against Millwall and Blackburn, and also obviously the draw against Huddersfield. So we've got a good last three games. But yeah, Norwich will be an interesting test side who are going for the playoff spot. Yeah, Sinclair Armstrong, again, it was similar to Watford. It was quite a curate Segeva performance. Uh, yeah, there were so many things that he did were very frustrating. First half, there were plenty of opportunities. I think there was one where he had to, could have put Willock or Dykes through and he, chose to, and he chose to shoot, which... And there was about three times he did that in the first half. Obviously, that one he did in the second half, very, very frustrating indeed. But... One thing that you can't deny is that defences have to be a lot more mindful of him when he's actually when he's actually playing. And I think the difference you could see when he went off and Frey came on, and to be fair to Frey, two completely different players. But it, we did seed about a good five, ten yards because of that. That's true. So even without, even with the frustration of sometimes what Armstrong does with the ball, the fact that he makes defenders have to think about what they're doing and play a little bit deeper is significant. But, yeah, he's he's just got to work on the composure. And we've said this before, that probably the ideal opportunity would have been to have done that with the League One side. But we are where we are now. He's He's in the Championship and he's having to learn, and he's having to learn quickly. And, yeah, the ball that he put in for Hodge... 
yeah, it does all the well that he can do that. We just need to see it a bit more consistently now. Surfer? Yeah, I think that's true. He's always going to have, or certainly for at this stage of his career at least, his decision-making is poor and his final ball, let's face it, is poor as well. But for all of that, I tell you, he is an absolute nuisance. You know, I, I mm. see sometimes one of my biggest frustrations with Dykes is I watch him so many times and it seems like every time I'm on here I speak about Dykes, but there are some games where he's absolutely anonymous, absolutely anonymous. It's very rare for his faults that Sinclair is anonymous. He causes problems and he stretches people and he's direct and he's fast. I, I think of the two, in my opinion, I would sooner have him, you know, starting games over the Dykes, in my opinion. For the way he plays and what he does bring, he adds a lot, lot more for me. Um, Dykes can do it. And it's nothing to do with goals because I don't think you're really going to get regular goals off of either of them. But I just feel he brings so much more. And then, you know, when he is stretching people, it does leave more room for the likes of your chairs and your your Smiths and your Willocks to, to, to play in. And yeah, it's a shame the decision making is a little bit off, but hopefully with more game time that will come. But um, I must say, he's a very, very difficult, you know, that game to say whether he did a good or bad, you know, because there was, there was, like Simon said, there were so many things that you look and think, wow, that's a really, really poor decision or that's a really, really poor bit of play. But then there was so much other ones where you think, wow, he's actually going to, looks like he's going to do something. So it was, um, at the end of the day, he's come out with an assist from it. He he was a real forward in their side all afternoon. And hopefully yeah, he can kind of build on that and just add a little bit more of final ball to it or, or better decision making. But there's definitely the raw materials there of a very, very good player. I still still maintain that. I mean, I jumping, in, a... jumping in on, on that was there's, I think there was a stat that we saw and I know they're completely different players. And it could be to do with his age about um, goals. Alan Shearer, when he started coming in, he, I think in his first 70 games for Southampton, he ended up only getting seven goals as a youngster. And whilst I'm not remotely comparing Sinclair Armstrong to Alan Shearer, far from it, I think there is a case that I think as a youngster, there, there is a difficulty for young strikers to, to score goals. They're not all Wayne Rooney and Michael Owen who can just get them like that. And they do need that. They do need that experience at some stage. And mm. I think hopefully we're at a stage now where he can he can develop a little bit more. And as I say, in an ideal world, he'd have done it in, I think he'd have done it in League One. But I think we can see now there are small signs that he's beginning he's beginning to develop a bit. And hopefully as he gets older, more experienced, then, then those goals will start to come. But that's the weird thing about these things, though, isn't it? You sort of, you have to be the product straight away now. You have to be, you have to be that player. You have to be, and I think that's unfair. I mean, not every defender starts off playing like Beckenbauer or Bobby Moore, you know, or anyone like that. Though you have to grow into it. And these days, you're judged over ten games. I mean, people will probably be judging Frey on the on the, the time he was on the pitch on Saturday, which would be ridiculous because he's he looks to me like he'd probably be fit by August. Um. And you know, which is a bit of a shame, but you know, at least he looks angry, doesn't he? He looks like Britain's angriest man. He looks, he looks like me when I've missed the, the last order for the chip shop. You know, it's like so he could be. Listen, we had to do something. I mean, I know that a lot of people would have liked a more proactive transfer window and maybe names that we'd have known and maybe more household names, but we're not in that position, and we've got to try this. It has to be. It's where we are, um, Saf, isn't it? We're not going to be able to bring in household names of this league. We haven't got the money or the 
they weren't available for want of a better word either. So we've we've got to work with what we've got. And maybe, just maybe, God, isn't hope dreadful, Safa? Isn't hope the worst thing ever? It does. And we've that's the thing. We've got a good shot of it from the weekend, <laughs> haven't we? I still think, for me, if you do get... Willock is a Willock is a difficult one, isn't he? I don't think he's. It's very obvious his heart really isn't in it. Um, he played don't... better Saturday in in, in patches. Yeah, bit... I, I just he just you know, doesn't. I'm to be honest, I'm not so sure. I mean, he was better against. He was better than at Huddersfield, mm. but they're setting the bar incredibly low for him there. I. Sure. It's interest. It's interesting what Sapper said about starting Paul Smith. Um, yeah, I think potentially you'd be you'd be far better off doing that at the moment. Look, I understand why he's doing it because Willock has provided some crosses and a few assists. But I think for overall effectiveness, I think for me, Smith is, Smith is better. And also what we've got now with Anderson, with some of the more attacking players we've got, we've actually got options. And I think Willock, is, there is a risk that Willock may well not play as much towards the end. Do you know what, Safa? That's a fair point, though, isn't it? I would personally start... Oh, God, I'm going to get accused of being pro-Northern Irish again, aren't I? But, uh, you know, I think they worry about Smith's stamina. I'm not so worried about it. I think he could do... Certainly cause damage up to 75 minutes because he's just a... He's just a... He's a dynamo, isn't he, like Safa? Yeah, he is. And, you know, I I, I think, my, my personal opinion, you know, he's a, he's a worker as well. He does not stop mm. And he doesn't stop fighting. You know, there was a bit coming off of Smith, but back to chair. At the end of that Blackburn game, it was about 99th. I don't, again, where on earth they got 10 minutes from? I don't know. But, you know, it was the 99th minute or right at the death. And chair was trying to run the ball down into the corner and lost it. And then they played the ball forward very quickly, trying to naturally get the ball forward as quick as they can. And chair, he honestly, no rolling around. He got up and he absolutely just killed himself got back to the halfway line, mm. won the ball, and then got hacked down. I don't think he could almost barely stand at the end of it. But you look and you think, you know, that's a luxury number 10 player and he's given you absolutely everything that he's got. I haven't seen... Willock doesn't have that in him, full stop. He doesn't, no. you know. And he, I looked and I thought, it's not setting the tone because it was the end of the game. But I'm looking around and I'm thinking, if I'm one of them teammates, I'm seeing him do that. I'm thinking, wow, look at the look at the heart, look at what he's given there. And that's supposedly, you know, one of your more luxury players, if you want to call him that. Um, and Smith on the other side gives you that. You know, he runs, he chases, he hassles. Even if he, you know, he might lose it a couple of times. He's just so much more direct. And, uh, you know, Willock, I, I don't know, he's um, definitely got a lot of quality of him. It's just so hit and miss. Um, for me, I would, I would be reversing it. I would be starting... Smith and if maybe you want to unlock them if you can't maybe introduce Willock but I think you've seen those really average performances for so long he just doesn't just doesn't look interested at all apparently I know if it's true apparently he was very close to signing for Hull on um, uh, at the end of the transfer window but but they couldn't agree a salary apparently yeah sounds like his dad might have been busy um, I can't say I don't understand because I Look, we talk about him and Richards every other pod, and people are probably bored of it. But what a waste for talent is all I keep saying, and it's so true. It's such a shame, and you know, if he if he's now getting tied up with a flipping wages and stuff, when he's lucky, anyone's looking at him because he's had a bloody awful season. Um, and people are giving it. And I think, and I keep saying it, you know, Rangers fans have been decent enough with him. They'd even give him another chance, you know, because everyone's saying, "Oh, his injury," you know. 
we'll give him another chance. But it's, anyway, it's just not going to happen. But I would have thought Hull would be a quite a decent move for him, to be fair. But I also think he could find himself in trouble with Anderson because he, he can't. there's no point bringing Anderson in and then playing someone who's leaving ahead of him. I know he won't be much fit, but um, who knows anything about Anderson, by the way? Has anyone done the research? I must be no. honest, nothing at all. No. I, I know that he's got a bit of an injury record, but again, with the position we're in and the championship, this is what happens, isn't it? But, you know. They're fans. Not that I've done anything. Oh, Twitter is a very uh, dangerous place to gauge an opinion from. However, I must me. say, <laughs> however, their fans are very, very complimentary about him, I must say. They really, really were quite, as you say, the injury records to one side. They do say if you get him fit, you know, they were saying he was the best player ever, a lot of them, but they... Um, really? Yeah, we'll see, yeah, they're very, very complimentary. If you actually look at what they, they were writing, it weren't many fans really negative about him. They were very, very positive, actually. So, um, yeah, let's hope he can come and add it's, something. It's weird because he doesn't look like a Scandinavian winger at all, does he? He looks completely different to what I'd expect for a Scandinavian winger, you know? Someone, someone had him down as looking like Tommy Fleetwood. Really? Do you know Tommy Fleetwood is, Paul? No. Ah, sorry. So that didn't quite work. He's a anyone who anyone who watches golf. He's quite a high. He's quite a high level English golfer. Oh, look him up. Just said, look him up afterwards. He looks. He, he looks very, very similar. That wasn't a very convincing, really, was it, Simon? It was like, really? I don't know who Tommy Fleetwood is. I know who Roy McIlroy is. Again, Norwich bias. <laughs> um, I can't help it. I just, you know, you just hear, oh, he's blown it again. It's Rory. I don't know. You know, apparently he blows it a lot. I don't know. Maybe he wins things. I, I don't know anything about golf. Anyway, carry on. I don't know. I know QPR have a golf day, and I think Wolverton got sacked at one. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So what what are we thinking now? Are we thinking now we've got options on the bench? We're looking a little bit better. Is it hopeful? Is it we're going to get out of this? Or is it we're still in the shit and we're being deluded? Safa. It's amazing how much it changes, doesn't it, in a few weeks? I mean, when, you know, that seems only yesterday we'd kind of like conceded that horrible, that collapse at Sheffield Wednesday and then they went mm. on a little run. I'm thinking, well, they look like they're going to crawl about it, and they look absolutely dead again now. So it's, um, it is very, very up and down. I'll tell you one thing I was very happy about was that Warnock's gone up to Scotland because you knew he was going to swoop in and save someone. So that that's good news. But do you know, you look round, I mean, Blackburn, I, I you know, I, I, obviously I just keep an, an eye on what's going on at QPR, but that looked like a pretty broken club, you know. At Didn't it just... I mean, that really, really did. And you, you're looking at it and you think like, I know Thomason, I think he's about to or have been sacked, you know, and they, they kind of didn't want him speaking to the media before. You know, the goal goes down and they've turned on the ownership. They look poor, they're in bad runner form, Stoke, you know. It, we got a chance. we got a chance here, you know, we really do. And, Stoke's um, the one I don't understand. Um, not because my QPR friend, Alan lives in Newcastle near Stoke and is definitely not a Stoke fan. Um, but I don't understand because they've spent a lot of money, a hell of a lot of money. They shouldn't be anywhere near there. Brilliant. No, yeah. But Whereas you Blackburn, you can you, see that... Sorry, go So I was going to say, you do look at these clubs and you think, you know, there's a they're, they're, in, they're in trouble. You know, Blackburn looked really a real mess to me at the weekend. I didn't realise things were quite that bad there. So, you know... I think the Vinkers have killed it, mate, to be honest with you. They've, they've kind of, they've, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know the politics of that club at all or what's going on, but 
it's it must be soul destroying for anyone to see that stadium so empty and you know and also the football. I mean, there's a fellow down the road for me as a Blackburn fan. I told you, Simon, away up when I was born, you to death, and he was just like, "Now nah, we're rubbish." You know, he's given up. He's just like, "Yeah, if we stay up, it'd be a miracle." But the word is that they're going to bring in Eustace. That's the word, which is interesting because that's quite a good choice. Um, but I just think it's another club that promises and manages lots, and they haven't really got the ability to back it up. Really, um, be interesting. We're Stoke, and but Birmingham would be brilliant, wouldn't it? All that takeover, all that. I mean, you know, in an ideal world, if I'm honest, I'd like to see Stoke and Birmingham go down. Is that wrong of me, Simon? Am I being harsh? Oh, it's not wrong at all, but I think realistically, Birmingham now they've employed someone competent. I don't think there's really much chance of them going. I mean, if they'd have kept Rooney, I'd have, yeah, I think there was every chance of them going down. But I think Birmingham will be fine. Yeah, Stoke, Stoke obviously, next Wednesday, massive game. Yeah, it turned into a massive game up there now, particularly given Blackburn are playing, Blackburn are playing Stoke on Saturday. It, mm. There's every potential. There's every potential. This that could be a really, really big game up there in the middle of in the middle of the week at, at a ground where actually we don't have too bad a record either. So what time are you, what time are you leaving at Simon? <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving about half three. I'll be up in Stoke by about half five. Carry on if you can if you can get out of Valentine's Day flower delivering. But what okay. will um? But yeah, there's there's other teams down there as well. Obviously, Mill. Millwall, there's there's every chance of them. Blackburn, you know, I think we discussed in absolute in an absolute state at the moment. Um, Huddersfield, interesting. Then Nabin wins, and they haven't appointed anyone yet, have they? I'm not sure. Safa, do we know if Blackburn? I should look this up. No, we looked it up. I was unaware. No, not yet. There was some. So they're an interesting, they're an interested, they're an interesting one. I know you've been mentioning Heckenbottom, but I can't see Heckenbottom going from Sheffield United down to a down to a sort of like championship relegation scrap. So, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they bring in. But the real positive at the moment is there are a lot of clubs. There are a lot of clubs down there. I mean, there's Plymouth as well, but I can I can't see Plymouth going because they're because they actually score goals and they've got a really good home record. Forget about the game against Leeds. So, uh, the fact of the matter is, we have got teams we can aim at and we're not just aiming for 21st and that certainly org as well. And there was a table, I think, I don't know if anyone saw, Sequentes, since Sequentes came in, um, we're about 12th. Yes. I did see that. But the interesting thing as well is, he does like it managers sacked, doesn't he? There seems to be this thing now that you, you you know is it because they've lost to us? I mean, what, what's going on? This would be the third one. I think yeah, that's... yeah, it's true. I mean, what we what I mean, we've he... had, he got Alex Neal sacked, Darren yep. Moore sacked, Yonder yep. Thomason right on the brink sacked. Oh yeah, he's working his way around, isn't he? It's a bloody shit we didn't extend the FA Cup and get Chelsea in it. Same, we can't play Sunderland now, isn't it? Oh, don't. <laughs> Don't just have to look at the transfers for that game. They're an absolute disgrace. I don't know what it is, but there's there must be something going on that weekend somewhere because I can't seem to find any cheap ones. So if anyone can find some cheap transfers or something to please let me know. The usual Twitter handle. Anyways, it's terrible, isn't it? This is this is what hope does to you, doesn't it, Lou Simon? You sort of like you sort of you, you can you can soul yourself as well. Oh, this we've had it. 
It's been awful. It's horrendous. So if Fuentes can restart in League One, it'll be fine. We're all right. Win a couple of games. It's like, nope, so this we're going for the champions. You know, we'll we'll be champions next year. It's 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 such a turnaround, isn't it? Look, there's a chance. There's a chance, and as I say, from where we were before, we were thinking there was no chance. There was no chance whatsoever. I'm still, I'm still slightly sceptical at the moment. Yes, the Loney's had a, two of them, as I say, had a really effective debut. But we've been in this position before, haven't we? Where someone's had a really good start, and then they sort of, we almost regressed them down to the QPR level. And our yes. aim, our aim at the moment is for the next three months, similar to what we did in 2021, where they can, they can at least maintain their standards up until the end of the season to get us safe. I mean, the reality is, are we likely to, are we likely to get Hayden and Hodge next season? Yeah, it's it, it's a tricky one, but look, from where we were before, from where we were before. We have at least given ourselves an opportunity, but I do think it's slightly early to start saying, are we going to be okay now? I think there's a lot, lot more football to play over this time and February is going to be the most important time. You look at March, that's tough. We mentioned it in the pod last week, April, the last five games are going to be pretty hard at this rate. Yeah, I think this is the month where it's almost sort of like moving time and we need to make sure we get ourselves in a much more competitive position. Safa? Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, it's interesting when you say about standards because, I mean, I don't think he actually got booked at the weekend, which has to be a first, but Colback was excellent at the weekend. Mm. I thought he really, really played well. And I've not been by any means a fan of him at all, but he looked like a really, really decent player. And you're looking thinking, you know, Hayden, I think Hayden's first touch, I, he, there was a ball that came up and the game was getting a little bit frantic and a bit rushed and hurried. And this ball came up and it was one elbow, bang, off you go. Took the ball down and just played it. And I thought, wow, like how calm, you know, like that's the kind of exactly what I hoped we, we'd sign there. And, you know, you kind of look at it on paper. I mean, now we've managed to, I don't think there's any QPR fan has ever, ever said that Jake Clark Salter isn't a good player if you can keep him fit. No. And we've kept him fit now. And what a player he is, you know. Uh. I'm always nervous he's a game away from breaking down. But, you know, you actually look at it on paper. Him and Cook is pretty good you know that's not bad at all and then you start throwing in an informed coal back we all know what Sam Phil can do with Hayden and then if you've got Hodge and Chair, you, you start to look and think do you know it actually has the makings of actually not a bad side so you just hope we can kind of keep this form up but still a little bit of a concern where the goals come from but I've got so much more faith kind of having seen where we are and like Simon said if we can just keep them standards where they are um, I think we've got as good a chance of anyone I really do well, I got very carried away because I thought our corners were better Saturday. And that, for me, was enough reason why we're staying up. I, I know it didn't come to anything, really, but I'm just saying it, it, it looked slightly better. So, I mean, you're not having a lot of what I'm saying tonight. You, you're making me feel unloved. I I wasn't overly convinced about the set pieces, I have to say. But no. I think one thing I, I want to bring... I think I want to bring Sakura Nats on, and he's mentioned Sam Field, and I... Did say this on the way back, almost as a provocative, as a provocative discussion point. Where where does Sam Field fit in now with Hayden Colback? Ooh, mm-hmm. I think I'll go to go back to forget my best friend's name. <laughs> it's a good question, though. So, I mean, for me, I still I think he, I still think for me he has to start, but it's. 
at the end of the day, if it, you, you know, if they play like they did at the weekend, it, you, it's fair, isn't it? You, if you're going to play on form, yeah, maybe he might sit. But again, I think that competition is a good thing. Too many people have just known that they're starting. And maybe, maybe that's a little bit been part of the problem with Colback. He almost knows he can get suspended, injured or out of form. And he seems to still keep getting played anyway. I tell you now, no midfielder, including Sam's, got their position guaranteed now, have they? It's an absolute anyone's pick who goes in. So hopefully we benefit from that. But it's a good point. Who knows? I personally think um, Hayden will stay on the bench for a bit and Field will come back in. That's his personal opinion, just to get his fitness back up. Um, but yeah, it's good, isn't it? We're actually t- weeks ago we were talking about who you know, looking at the bench and giving it like, and you know, and now we're we're looking at the bench going, there's changes there. But you're right, we shouldn't get too carried away. I wonder how much odds there is of us win the Champions League in four years' time. Anyway, I'm not going to get carried away. It'd be absolutely wrong. Now, away from QPR for a second, I don't know if you, you, you've um, you've seen this thing today about this blue card thing. Now, I'm I, I'm just I'm going to put my cards on the table here, and there was no pun intended. Will they stop messing around with the fucking game? I'm getting every year they bring in a stupid fucking rule, and I think we're just two rules away from being a laughing, absolutely ridiculous. Don't do it. It's a nonsense. And especially if you give that some of the referees in the championship a blue card, honestly, you'll have no one on the fucking pitch. Am I right or wrong? I mean, it's stupid, isn't it? Why are they going to do it, Simon? And then I'll ask you stuff the same question. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine that other field referee having a blue card? We'd be, it'd be waving it wide of the gaff, wouldn't he? But um, it's interesting. I actually think Simbin, Simbins are potentially a good idea. And I know it's been trialled at grassroots and... The feedback's largely been very positive. But what I don't understand is that obviously rugby has a yellow and red card system with um, sim bins and so on. You don't need an extra, you don't need an extra colour. If you're gonna do yeah. it, just if you're gonna do it, just go just go yellow sim bin and then you do your second yellow and then you go to a red. It's it's one of these things, and I think you're absolutely right. We're just totally overcomplicating things. Unnecessarily, you don't need a blue. You don't need a blue card for a simbin. Just do, just show a yellow one and just say right, simbin. It's not. I just not keep it as it is. Still change that. it. Yeah, Safa. I must. I'm with you, Finney. I, I, I'm. If it's not broke, don't fix it. And I'll tell you one thing that these referees, I think they're, the standard is just a, absolutely appalling anyway. But I tell you one thing: if you want to say good decisions, bad decisions, their time management is absolutely horrific. Across the board, all of them are terrible. Be their time and you're gonna start bringing in ten minutes, you know, and one team running the clock down and trying to make that last. Yeah, the Saturday is an absolute prime example of this. I've seen so many games since the start of the season where there's been teams absolutely killing every single moment that they can, and you get four minutes put up at the end. And at the weekend, we had ten. You know, it was almost like a flashback to the start of the season. And, you know, you'll have one official that wants to enforce that rule, one of them that wants to do it that way. You start throwing in these thin bins and giving them that licence to do that. It just looks like an absolute car crash. You know, in my opinion, disaster waiting to happen. Um, And you know it won't be fairly uh, applied across the book either because, you know, as I said, this this last game is a prime example. The fact you come out having won still unhappy with the referee, says how bad it is, you know, and yeah. is a, absolutely appalling. If they would have, and they came close in injury to scoring, you know, 
And I, it just astounds me. I think it's a disaster. Um, not, not for it at all. I'm really not. But it's, it's, it's all these things. It's like, it's, I think it's because they're trying to gear it up for the American World Cup. That's my personal opinion. They're trying to jazz the game up to make it easier to understand so it lasts for hours and the debate and everything else. I mean, look at VAR. That seems to have gone really well. I don't hear anyone complaining about that. Seems to have gone down rather well. Marvellous. A bit of invention. Ugh. I'll tell you what, you know, it's it's just... God, I know I'm old, but God, I can't remember how many rules have been changed in my lifetime, but and most of them are stupid. I think the only one you'd really look at, you'd say goal line technology was a really positive change. I don't think anybody was really against that. But that to Back one passes. side, I'm, I'm struggling with any rule that I think has been introduced that anybody's thought, oh, that's a good idea, and actually worked. And I think this is just adding another layer of complexity to referees that are just not not capable in the first place, in my opinion. I just I don't think it's going to end very well at all. Well, I think Saka's oh, yeah, right, and... I think the big problem is a lot of the overcomplications we've had now have almost been the direct effect of VAR in the particularly with handballs, they're they're trying to do find something black and white. And handballs have never been handballs have never been black and white. It's always been a subjective it's always been a subjective decision. And this attempt to just basically say, well, if it hits here, regardless of whether it's about a centimetre away or anything like that. It's almost you're almost making it more difficult. And I think a lot of these a lot of these rules have been done just to try and make VAR easier. But the fact of the matter is it's had completely the opposite effect. Now cards on the table, I thought VAR was going to be crap and unfortunately, yeah, it's turned out to be right. But what's interesting is with it is is it the way that we apply it in the UK or because in Europe, they do the same and they don't seem to be having the same sort of issues. Or is it, as Saparati says, the standard of the standard of refereeing in this country? Well, it's interesting because I was watching the... Um, I've watched a few Scottish games with VAR and it's really handy if your Rangers are Celtic. It doesn't seem to work for anybody else. Um, and this is why I'm loving Neil Warnock at Aberdeen. That is going to be hilarious down there. Um, yeah, I think it's us. We just can't apply it properly in this whole... I mean, there's a game the other week. They took about 10 minutes to make a decision. I mean, Christ alive. I mean, you could even get served in the Suffolk Road half-time by then. You know, it's, it's that's ridiculous. I don't know. It's it's just really game. Talking of which, new things. Now, I'm going to talk about international football here for a second. Then we'll go back to QPR. Northern Irish biased again. Okay. The Nations League has been done. Now, we're in the worst possible pool ever. But I think playing Belarus is a bit harsh. Like, you know, I'm not the world's greatest traveller, but me bollocks if I'm going there. Jesus wept. How long is it right to Belarus? Depends what Putin's up to, isn't it? I just don't fancy it. You know, I mean, I know, I know. There's a certain irony with our political background, like whinging sticks and stones and all that. Him, you know, with like sin, cast the first stone and all that. But Bella fucking Roos, seriously. All right, let's let, let's put it another way, Paul. If QBR by some miracle ever ever make Europe, right? And you had the chance, and you had the chance to go and watch Dynamo Minsk or whoever away from home in the first qualifying round of the European Conference League, would you go? Oh, God, I. Yeah, me Absolutely. too. Absolutely. 
It's ridiculous. I, I, I wouldn't even. I'd be standing there thinking, I know there's a damn good reason why I shouldn't be here as a cruise missile goes flying over my head. Um, yes, but yes, I would definitely do it. I mean, some of the stories I heard about Belgrade were bad enough. Jesus, when we played out there, I speak to some of the lads that went out there, and that didn't sound too healthy at the time. Um, which is yeah. Especially the plane ride back. I must do. I must do a podcast on that one day. That game because there's quite a few good stories. But yeah, to be all flipping, no nine. We get Belarus. Ah well, not to worry. So anyway, moving on. So we got Saturday. We've got Norwich. Now there's two things I hear by playing Norwich. I don't like Norwich and those idiots that dress up in really tight leotards, looking like freaking canaries for the way Dick games. They. I mean, I know I'm a miserable bollocks of a human being. I get it. I understand. But why do people do fancy dress of football? It's a nonsense. It should be stopped. I mean, you should get blue carded for that with a lifetime ban. But yes, so look at Norwich. Now, there's, there's a manager who gets sacked as well, isn't it? I'm just, you know, I'm thinking he's he's on a bit of a sticky wicket. Hey, what do you think, Safa? Can we get another one by the wayside? Who knows? We can't, I mean, you know, we've... Uh... These, these, they are one of them clubs we just never seem to beat, aren't they? But, you know, we've broken that hoodoo at Blackburn last week. I think it was 25 years, I think, since we apparently won there. So, you know, these things are there to be broken. Um, yeah, it'd be a good good game. And who knows? Definitely we've got a chance, haven't we? They'll never make up for breaking so many QP hearts in the 70s, never. And never be forgiven. Simon, what do you think? There's something we, we don't really appreciate, particularly given how bad things have been over the couple of years. At the end of the day, it's the championship. And with the exception of largely Leicester, your Southampton and your Leeds, and to a certain extent, Ipswich, although yeah, they're starting to fall away a bit, there's nothing there that you really should go out there and, and fear. And yes, Norwich are, Norwich are about one or two points off the plus. They're actually quietly crept into it from where they were um, back around November time when we last played them. But, yeah, there's there's no reason when you look at that why, particularly if you've got some of these people, we can at least we can at least be competitive and give them a decent yes. game. Now, I don't know, I've noticed the game last week, they were playing Coventry Rowe, who's been scoring no end of goals, wasn't playing. So I'm not sure whether he's injured or not. In fact, if he's not playing, that'll be, that'll be a big boost. But... Yeah, it's it's one of those. We've won two, drawn one of our last three. In theory, if you're not beginning to get a smidgen of confidence from that, when are you going to start getting a smidgen of confidence? So it's it's one where certainly it's going to be a challenging game. We know that, but there certainly isn't one that we should be going in there thinking it's an inevitable it's an inevitable defeat. And hopefully no, they're beginning they're beginning to get that confidence up to give it to give it a good go. And there is Yet again, an opportunity there, particularly with them, Huddersfield at Southampton. It's about the fourth opportunity we could potentially have to get out of the bottom three. Let's hope with those extra players we can we can actually take this one. I'd settle for that. I'd tell you, I, and the, one of them sides as well, if you get them early enough, and um, you can really batter them as well. They've, they've, they've had a few of them this season. So they're, they're all beat. Listen, as you say, listen, Southampton, um, Leicester, Leeds and everyone else could end up the season with a different manager from what they started with. That's how mad this friggin' league is. It's insane. But if we win Saturday, I'll be allowed to start dreaming and, and maybe take one foot out of League One. That's what I want to know, Safa. 
Yeah, hundred percent. As you said, we've um, you know, we've we've played better teams than than them and and given them a real go. And I think we're hopefully on paper at least stronger than we were then. So yeah, let's hope we can get something. Saints do us a favor and then sets it up really nicely for that game at Stoke, doesn't it? on the Wednesday. Stoke game's gonna be the bane of my life, I tell you. Before you get divorced. Anyway, moving on. Simon. We're going to do um, the R's end, then we'll do score predictions. So, have you got an R's end, Simon? Um, no, it's just good to see. Yeah, just good to see Blackburn and a shout out for the six hundred or so people who um, have braved train strikes and everything else to be able to get up there. And it was lovely to see those familiar faces who have. Yeah, as I say, it's been quite a miserable season. Actually, have a chance to have that sort of time there and actually celebrate like we did up there. And again, it's just a re-emphasis on, yeah, the club really, really don't deserve, don't deserve over the last year and a half what we've actually done. We've kept behind it. We've not really kicked off or got, got angry or anything like that. I certainly think a lot of other teams fans would. So yeah, it was just lovely to see going up there, the people who've made that effort had that hard-earned trip to to get the reward. Now it's lovely to see. That's quite a good one. I like that. Safa? Yeah, mine, mine's probably a bit more of a, of a personal one, but with, um, obviously, we had our little, um, our, our first daughter. You're not going to um, make me cry, are you? No, no, no crying. But okay. um, what was really, really nice, you know, when you kind of say about the, People, I've. I, it might be biased. I always say QPR is as as family a club as you're ever going to see. I really believe that our fan base is a an right. absolutely special breed. And um, we had some family come round, and the amount of QPR cards we had was absolutely unbelievable. From fans, were just un unreal. Um, we didn't even. We couldn't even put them up around the house in the end. We had that many just from QPR fans that had sent us a, a card wishing us well. And I said, we had family coming down. How old do all of them QPR fans wrote all that to you? Uh, just unbelievable. And it really, really touched both of us, really. But Fliss especially. She was like, no other team would have fans go to all that effort to send us so many cards. So for everyone that did that, thank you. Honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. And um, yeah, just again, another sign of exactly what QPR is all about. That's my R's end for this week. Is that why you went to Blackburn to thank everyone? Do you know, it probably did do me a bit of a favour because she let me go. <laughs> oh, yeah, but very, very nice all the same. <laughs> I like that. I've got a couple, so please bear with. First of all, Forever R's, they got in Stuart this week. Another door now is bias. <laughs> but I used to say, we're going to talk about this more next week, actually. Say no more than that. But within, I always felt to myself, oh, you know, it's a shame he never filled, filled the potential because great player, didn't realise how good he was. And then I look at his record, I think, he did all right. So, yes, it's a very, by the way, I know this might be before your time, um, both of you, but he was a great player and I loved him. Not just because he went to the same school as me, but he was a very, very good player. Anyway, I'm glad the club are doing that. And that's one thing I'm so pleased with Andy Sinton and everything else that we keep saying it. That, uh, and I keep going about when we first got Ian Gillard on and it was, Really awful that no one being back, and you know it's just a, it's one of them things you kind of like. I remember doing an interview at the time, thinking this is really bad. And we spoke to a lot of older players, and and someone at the club thought we were having a go at them, and we weren't. We were trying to say, look, listen, this needs to be addressed, and it was addressed. And I think the the, the work that Morrissey and Andy Sinton have put into this is 
nothing short of amazing. And it's, it's just brilliant to see old players coming back and having something. All we got to do now is make sure that we get Basingua back because I, I, I really want a special reception for him. I think it'd be wrong not to bring him. We could do a special of him and Haley together. I think that would go down really well. If anyone thinks of anyone else who'd like to come in, please let me know. I would say Ned Selig the pro could find a place. Barry the Barton other got no time on his hands as well, wouldn't he? Who's that? Gary Barton. Controversial, controversial. Um, people still want him to be our next manager at some point. Um, I'm, I'll be happy if he never comes near the place ever again. But that's just a personal opinion. Others are welcome to him, and you know that's up to them. But yeah, interesting fella. That's all I'm saying. Apparently he's been quite busy on Twitter. I must have missed it. Um, right. Second one is New York. I've got a podcast out. Now, the lads from New York have supported this podcast brilliantly over the years and I recommend giving it a good listen to. And Dunstan and Paul and all them are all good lads. They've all looked after people in New York and um, well done to them. And also the sticker people. You did make me laugh Saturday. Please let mm-hmm. us know you didn't get into any trouble. And if you would like the podcast to go to war with you and get you out of a sticky situation, please let us know. Forgive the pun. It was not intended. Oops. Ah, the dogs. Simon, score predictions. Do you know what? In the spirit of optimism and probably beyond what I really think, I'm going to go 2-1 win. Take that. All right. Staffer? Yep, I'm going to carry on with that. 2-0. Yep. I think we'll... Um, I'm hopeful we're going to get three points. I think we're going to beat them 4-0. Seriously, I think we'll score early. Um, I haven't got the crystal ball to tell you what's going to happen. I think we'll just get under the skin and we'll just take the game to him and it'll be a nice little 4-0 and um, set us up nicely for Stoke. And I will take that all day long. Now, listen, you two, I mean, Stafford, I've got to say, mate, you've definitely got a look of a new dad. Don't you think, Simon? He's got... We've all been there, haven't we, Simon? Yeah. And you you have that look, mate. Have, have you been puked on yet? Uh, do you know, I've avoided that so far. So, so far, so good. She's not very sick, to be honest. She's not been sick too many times. So, I've got that, but I'm definitely shattered. I'm very, very tired. But, but yeah, all good. Uh, you, 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 you hold it together well. <laughs> Nobody would notice. But thank you, uh, Safa, for giving us your time and coming on, mate. It's, and it's good to see you. Congratulations to you, Felicity. And tell her I say hello. Thank you so much. For those who don't know, He's also my mortgage advisor. So I used to spend time speaking to Felicity. He spent more time talking about QPR than the flipping mortgage. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Simon, I cannot thank you enough for the lovely lift. Might see you might see you Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, let us know, mate. Yeah, there'll always be there'll always be space in the car. And yeah, yeah, hopefully we'll hopefully we'll see you there after after you've done your deliveries. You're a good man. And listen, thank you both. And I'm very, very sorry to Alan for not remembering your name, Alan. And I fully justified now to go listen to as many podcasts as you want that don't involve me. You are forgiven. It's fine. This has been Open All Ours, the podcast that forgets everyone's name. Please tune in next week. Well, I'll probably forget somebody else's. Thanks a million. Come on, Rages. Let's make it three. Come on, get three nil, four nil, whatever. Just win Saturday. Hope is contagious. Yeah.